All right, so welcome to episode nine of All Sports Noble. This is your World Cup episode. However, I will eventually be bringing up the whole Hanley Ramirez situation and my thoughts and comments on that. But to jump right into World Cup action, Germany, man, third straight defending champ coming into the World Cup to lose in the group stage. That is absolutely remarkable. And even more so remarkable that it's Germany. Because, you know, I remember Spain getting knocked out. But the Spain team that came as the defending champs in uh, 2014 was not anywhere near as strong as that 2010 World Cup championship team. However, with this German squad, I felt like they were just as strong as the team that won four years ago. I know some of the firepower wasn't there, some of the bigger names, some of the heroes from 2014 were not here in 2018, but it still seemed like an extremely strong team to me, and that just struck struck me as odd and really surprised me. Um, next World Cup point I want to bring up, Argentina. Wow, that last match of the group stage was extremely impressive on a few levels. The first, I don't know how many people saw the tweet put out by ESPN, but in 2014, Messi's last World Cup goal was in the group stage against Nigeria in a 3-2 victory. Messi had two goals, and who scored the late game winner? Oh, Marcus Rojo, or, yeah, Rojo. Blech. Fumbling over my words. Who scored the late game winner in this match against Nigeria? Oh, Rojo. Who else scored? Messi. Like, just that weird connection that it's just, it, it's almost like history repeating itself. And I think that's awesome. But the way that group ended and the way many of the groups have ended, including, including the way Germany played out, this World Cup has been the best World Cup I can remember. Honestly, no doubt in my mind, best World Cup I can remember. I, many of the matches are close. You don't know who's going to win. And I truly think that's part of what makes this an amazing World Cup is I don't think you're going to have a 7-1 to semifinal like what happened four years ago. And, and that's truly remarkable. And I hate the fact... And please, please feel free to comment if I'm wrong. It's not the next World Cup, but 2026. It expands to 48 teams. And I think that'll be the worst thing to happen to this format and to this, this tournament. You're seeing a lot of competitive matches, a lot of great teams. Yeah, am I disappointed that USA didn't get in? And in an expanded field, do they get in? Sure. But in a way... That weakens the competition. You know, take the NCAA tournament, for example. 64 teams. Except for this year, there had never been a, a one seed that lost to a 16 seed. And you're going to see a lot more of events like that. Granted, your one exception did come this year with the host nation of Russia. Russia was the lowest rated team in this World Cup. And... They played their hearts out, and they had a couple of really good matches. And I give them credit for it, because I'm sitting here as a as a sports fan, 
and someone who tweets and talks about sports, I sat here and went, man, I really don't like the fact Russia's in this World Cup. I don't. And looking back on how they played, especially their first match, uh, they came out and they dominated and they showed, hey, we should be here. And that was really impressive to me. Um, you know, seeing, having, I believe they were 68th rated in the world, 66, 68th rated, and in a tournament of 32 teams, obviously a 68 seed would not make it in otherwise if they weren't the host nation. Um, but they made it past the group stage. They defeated Egypt. Granted, it was an Egypt squad without that I believe that was a match without Mohamed Salah, who arguably is is the only reason they even made it to this World Cup. But it was still a great showing. So what I quickly want to do is just to run down the top two in each group and who they're gonna end up facing. Group A, Uruguay and Russia advanced nine six points apiece. Uh group B, Spain, Portugal. Group C, France, Denmark. Group D, Croatia, Argentina. Group E, uh, Brazil, Switzerland. Group F, Sweden, Mexico. And obviously, groups G and H are yet to be decided. Uh, however, uh, Group G, it will be England and Belgium moving on as they're both 2-0 and and they face each other. There's no way for the other teams to catch up. However, Group H is going to be really exciting. You have Japan and Senegal with four points, and you have Colombia at three. So let me look at the fixture real quick. For today, you have Senegal, Colombia, and Japan, Poland. Senegal and Colombia. That can be huge. If you, if you think about it, Senegal-Colombia, the winner of that match moves on. That is going to be the match of this World Cup, in my opinion. Simply because you have two teams facing each other. That winner moves on. You win or you're done. And, and those type of matches tend to play out very exciting. Oh, excuse me. Tend to play out very exciting. Especially towards the end of them. Because you're seeing teams go out there and giving their hearts out. Like the German squad today, or yesterday rather, during extra time before they allowed the first goal. You saw them giving everything they got. Argentina before Rojo scored. You saw them pouring everything into it. Here, here is different simply because both teams need the win. Whereas like... Germany and Korea, for uh, instance, Korea was not going to advance either way. So whether they won eight to nothing or lost eight to nothing, that match was simply for pride, for self pride. And I think that'll make a huge difference. You're going to see two teams taking huge risks, two teams that are going to give it their all for 90 minutes. And I think that is what makes for really good football. Um, let's go over a few things I want to. I'm going to go over, like, the, the goal leaders and stuff like that. So top five in – or top – I'll go top three. Top three in goals, you have Harry Kane with five, 
Uh, Romelu Lukaku and Cristiano Ronaldo are tied at four. So, I, and I don't know what to think of that. You know, I expect to see some other names up there. Like, you see no one from Argentina anywhere, like, in the top ten. Luka Modric is up there. Son is up there. Musa's up there. Hazard's up there. So, I guess you do have a lot of those typical names. But I I, ex- I expected more out of some of the other bigger names. You know, I ex- especially after the year uh, Mohamed Salah had with Liverpool, I expected more out of him in this World Cup. Obviously, he's injured, and and he was hurt, but um, I expected more out of him. Just to go over a couple crazy things that I just I have to address: Diego Maradona. Wow, wow. I'm not I'm not going to accuse him of using drugs, but. Dude, like, come on. You are the one guy from Argentina that every, that Fox and anyone broadcasting this match worldwide is going to point a camera at as an Argentine, as an Argentine, Argentinian, I don't know how to say it, excuse me, but as an Argentinian fan, you are going to be the guy that they're going to point the cameras to. And, you know, it really looked like he was under the influence of something. It could have just been alcohol. Who knows? Only he knows right now. But you got to control yourself, man. Like, that was that was ridiculous. I mean, the flipping off of the, the fans was pretty funny. I won't lie. You know, I, I, I got a kick out of Bill Russell a couple nights ago doing the same thing to Charles Barkley. I mean, those things are funny. But the other stuff on top of it, and then he was treated for medical issues. You got to relax. You just got to relax, man. All right, so now I want to get into my opinion of the whole Hanley Ramirez situation. Um, So just to dive right in for those people who are unaware of what took place, Hanley Ramirez was dropped or released, rather, by the Boston Red Sox on May 25th. Apparently, some guy that he knew from the Dominican Republic was arrested or pulled over at a traffic stop, had large amounts of fentanyl in the car, along with other drugs. Apparently, as the report goes, to try to get out of an arrest, said, hey, I know Hanley Ramirez, and then FaceTimed Hanley, who answered, and just to try to be... just. Because uh, this took place in Massachusetts, he was on the Red Sox at the time, to kind of just be like, hey, I know this guy, and therefore you should let me off. However, the the main part of the story, and why this is a big issue, is that's not how it was portrayed by the media. Um, so what what happened with the news story was... People have been hearing rumors about this. Members of the media knew about this. and However, they didn't have any real confirmed sources, and they didn't know what was tr- what truly took place. And I believe her name is Mc- Michelle McVie from ABC Sports, or ABC rather, not ABC Sports, ABC, for some reason connected him, Hanley, 
to the drugs without quite knowing all the facts and circumstances surrounding the situation and put out a report that Hannah Ramirez was linked to an ongoing state and federal investigation involving a large amount of fentanyl, which is very damning to one's reputation and to one's personal life. It, and that was the, that's the main issue. You know, members of the sports community have come out and said they had heard inklings of it, they had heard rumors of it. However, they weren't willing to break the story to the mass public because they didn't know all the facts. It, nothing was confirmed into fact yet, which is the main issue. The state of Massachusetts came out in, I believe it was the state of Massachusetts, uh, law enforcement came out and said he's not linked to the drugs at all. The original report from McVie and ABC stated that there was a box in the car. So when this man was pulled over, he said, hey, this this box, and I don't recall what they said was in the box, maybe the drugs, I don't remember. But the, the man supposedly said this box belongs to Hanley Ramirez and then FaceTime Hanley to get proof that the box belonged to Hanley, which is not at all what happened. Nothing in the car was ever linked to Hanley Ramirez. No one ever thought it was linked to Hanley. However, it, the way she wrote the report was that which is a main issue. She basically, this isn't like, this isn't like me saying, oh, I'm hearing a report that Christian Vasquez is going to be traded to the Yankees, like, and just pulling shit out of my ass. Because realistically, that doesn't hurt Christian. It doesn't hurt the Red Sox. doesn't hurt the Yankees for me to pull something sports related out of my ass and not know all the facts. However, to, to not know all the facts, about something related to a large amount of fentanyl and a large amount of dr any drug and to basically label him as a potential drug kingpin without having 100% concrete evidence that that happened is piss poor. And I'm not saying this because I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan or because I like Hanley Ramirez. Because both those, th both those things are true. I won't lie. I won't deny it. I mean, I had that whole episode where it was like 20 minutes about me ranting about why the hell would you drop Hanley Ramirez. However, I don't care who it is. When it's something like that, you can't, as a responsible journalist come out and say that without knowing the concrete evidence. I'm sorry. You can't. It's irresponsible. It's childish. Because what you have practically done, because here's the thing about people, and I hate to say it, big news like that, Hanley, Hanley is a drug kingpin. Hanley is connected to a large amount of fentanyl. Spreads a lot easier than then the second report of Hanley was never linked. The first report will go out. People will believe it. People will think about it. It'll stick in people's minds. And then for many people, they'll never see the second report that he was never actually linked to it. And so in the back of people's minds forever, 
Now, maybe he'll never meet these people, but in the back of people's minds forever, that will, that personality, that legacy will forever be tarnished as he's, he's, he's a drug lord or, or people go, well, maybe he is, this might not have been his, but maybe he is. And that's not okay. It's really not okay because you know, you think of, you think of TV news, you know, they're, they always put bad, 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 because that's what you're going to tune into. That's what you're going to watch. It's going to draw your attention. The Hanley Ramirez actually did nothing is not going to get your attention. Whereas Hanley Ramirez is linked to a large amount of fentanyl. That's going to get a huge reaction and, and huge droves of comments, droves of controversy. And so I feel like it's unfair that this happened to him. And I never want someone to lose their job. I don't. I'm not an advocate of really harshly, negatively hurting one's life. But I think Michelle McVie needs to go back and get retrained or have to take courses or something. Because what she did is not okay. If it, it, when it's something that big, you have to be sure. However, the other weird thing about all of this is apparently this arrest of this guy was, I can't remember if it was within a day or a week before the Red Sox dropped and released Hanley Ramirez when they uh, designated him for assignment. And something I heard uh, Jared Carabas in Section 10 say that I totally agree with is if you were the Red Sox, why are you trying to hide that you knew that you had heard these rumors? Because honestly, I get it. I do. I, you know, go back and listen to my episode about Hanley Ramirez and, and when they designated him for assignment and how I flipped out and how upset I was that they got rid of him. You, I would understand it more if I knew that ahead of time. That, hey, this is why we did it. Because honestly, the way that report, the first report came out, where they, where he was reportedly linked to the investigation to the drugs, you know, you hear that, and you, if he's on, you know, it made huge news at, right now when he's a free agent. Imagine what it would have done if he were on the team. Now, everyone on the team's getting peppered about it. He's probably not playing in games. He's probably having to sit out. He's having he he's having to face the media. Whereas right now, Hanley can just live wherever. You know, like no one knows where the heck he is right now. He could be in the DR. He could be in Miami. No one knows. So he can just sit back as a free agent and just go, hmm, you know, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to respond to reporters. Whereas right now... Or whereas if he were playing, sorry, if he were playing, he would have to talk to the media. He would be getting bombarded with questions. Did this happen? What is your involvement? Has anything like this ever happened before? And, and the list goes on. He would have to face the music on that for something he never even did. And it would have made a huge controversy on the team. Whereas now that he's not on the team, really the only person I've heard asked about it was Alex Cora. 
Alex Cora and like Dombrowski about whether they knew and whether their decision to DFA him had anything to do with the rumors. That's all I've heard. So it kind of takes it away from the rest of the players, the rest of the team, and allows them to be able to move on from it. If the Red Sox came out and said, you know, was part of it the fact we didn't want to pay him that vesting option for next year? And then we heard these rumors and we're like, yeah, we got we to gotta make this move. I would have went, okay, I agree. That's a, that's a reasonable move. It makes sense to me. But the Red Sox have taken the stance of we didn't know. And once Dombrowski comes out and says we didn't know, even Cora, you know, everyone's going to follow that same we didn't know. We don't know. We didn't know. We didn't hear anything about these rumors. And, you know, and I know you don't want to come off as the bad guy in the sense that, like, Oh, you released a guy over these rumors. And I get that some people would make that accusation. However, I say you list it out. Hey, we had this guy. If he gets X number of at-bats, he automatically gets uh, one more year added to his deal with a lot of money. So we didn't want him to get those at-bats. We were probably going to release him or trade him anyways later on in the year. We heard these rumors and we went, okay, let's make the move now. Because at some point, this is going to break, whether it's a story or not. Just the fact that this guy FaceTimed him when getting caught with all these drugs, it's going to be a story. It's, it's going to break headlines. Let's get the controversy away from the team. And let's allow Hanley to be in the comfort of his home. Let's let him be where media can't get to him. And he can just let it play out from the comfort of his family and his loved ones. And And... If they'd said that, obviously they're not going to say it when they released them because it wasn't a news story at that point. But when you get to now and you're asking about it, like post everything, why not say, yeah, that's what happened? Because as a fan, I'm not saying this as someone who tweets about sports or writes about it, as, as a fan, as someone who's loved the Red Sox my entire life, it makes more sense to me. It does. I agree with the decision now. Because even though Dombrowski, even though Cora won't say it, come on. You're kidding yourself if you say that that had nothing to do with why he got DFA'd at the end of May. We weren't even in June. You're not going to hit, I think it was like 266 at-bats, something crazy like that. You're not going to hit that in June. You're not going to hit that in July. You drop him in July or August, not in June, or not in May, rather. And so I think that was that was absolutely crazy. Um, but those are the two main things I wanted to hit on. However, uh, side note, uh, everyone who's ever listened to my show knows I love feel-good stories. And I love Jose Iglesias, especially back when he was a Red Sox. All my friends can vouch for that. Him and Leonis Martin became U.S. citizens pre-game on the field. And I think that was an absolutely beautiful thing. I believe there was 22 of them total, like the rest of them being civilians, regular average day people who they allowed to come on the field before the game with Iglesias with Leonis Martin 
to officially become U.S. citizens. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. You know, I love guys that, you know, they come over here. Um, obviously, uh, Jose Iglesias spent a decent amount of his childhood here. But a lot of these guys that defect from, like, Cuba and whatnot to come over here and play baseball, I love it when they get acclimated with the country. They try to become a member of the United States of America, and I think that's beautiful. You know, you know, and not to draw out a huge conversation about it, but I totally disagree with the fact that um, interpreters are allowed to come on the field now, like during mound visits and whatnot. I don't like that. I never have. You know, that was a new rule as of like two or three years ago, and I've hated it since its inception, simply because, you know, the majority of those, the reason they do that is for the Japanese pitchers, because a lot of these Spanish speakers have adapted and learned English, and no offense, it seems as if the, the majority of the time I've seen these interpreters on the field were for Japanese speakers, and these Japanese speakers, you know, you think about the type of money they're getting when they come over here. You look at you look at Masahiro Tanaka. You look at Daisuke Matsuzaka. You you look at uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Ichiro Suzuki. That's not the name I was thinking of. I'm trying to think of the Angels pitcher, who uh, the softest guy in the world. He hits, but whatever. I'm blanking. It happens. Get over it. Uh, you know, these guys, I remember the Daisuke Matsuzaka deal was like 100 million just to talk to him, just to get the chance to sign him was going to be like 50 mil. And then like we signed him for like 120 mil and he didn't learn English. Like, and I'm not saying, oh, you come over here to play baseball, you got to be an American. No, I'm just saying like, at least like you got to learn to be able to communicate with your catcher. You need to be able to communicate with your teammates. You know, you know, you need to you need to learn those things. It's only right you're gonna come over here and get paid this exorbitant amount of money. What do you What are you doing with your non-playing time? You're gonna tell me an hour? You you know, you can't learn an hour. You can't spend an hour a day learning. You know, I took I took three years of Spa Spanish in high school, and I took a year of it in middle school. Like, it doesn't. Yeah, are you going to be completely fluent in English? No. And I'm not saying to become fluent in English. I'm just saying learn enough to talk to your catcher. In, like, you know, because a lot of these guys are pitchers. You know, you think about it. To be able to communicate with your catcher, what words do you need to learn? Fastball, curveball, changeup, slider, inside, outside, up, up, low. You know, you know, like... You can get a basic communication with your catcher in like 15 words or less. You know, and to be honest, you know, it's not like, it's not like playing the outfield or playing second base or shortstop where like a lot of what you do comes from the game. Like you get hit a ground ball with a runner on first base, you're going to flip to second or, you know, you're, you know, you're going to make the instinct play. You can do a lot of that without knowing the language. But when you're, 
when your like livelihood depends on how you work with this individual because if you think about it and you look at teams where the pitcher and the catcher didn't work together those pitchers tend to not be successful when your livelihood depends on how you interact and how you work with another individual you would think you'd want to be able to communicate with them without a middleman because then you can work better together you can discuss things you can break things apart you can analyze things together and figure out the best way to approach the current situation however that's that's as far as i'm going to go for now into that side rant y'all have a great day uh leave me comments messages you can leave comments on the itunes page however feel free to dm me any questions comments something you want me to say on the air uh my personal is hisman s or hisman seth rather and there's a sports one i don't remember the actual handle but search all sports no bull i'm sure you'll find it yeah so there you go